Babylonians, this mighty empire of, the ba of Babylon, is going to come and destroy the people of Israel. Uh, but I will preserve my people. And that if Habakkuk and the Israelites were to not pay attention to their circumstances, not place their faith in their circumstances and in the worldly ways of the Babylonians who are puffed up with pride, and instead they would live by faith, that they would see the hand of God, that they would see deliverance in the days ahead. And so God's call to Habakkuk was, again, not to live by the circumstances around him, not to follow the powerful and puffed up because they seemed to be winning, but to live by faith in God, because the righteous live by faith. The righteous live by faith. That is the, the pinnacle. That's the, the, um, one of the most important verses in the book of Habakkuk, and that's true whether you're living in 590 B.C. or 2022 A.D. So just to review, Habakkuk is a prophet who is speaking in around 590 B.C. in the land of Israel, and Habakkuk saw the violence, the injustice of his own people, his, especially the leaders of the people of Israel. And so he cries out to God and asks God to intervene, to do something um, about this. And God answers Habakkuk. He answers him, and, and God's answer confuses Habakkuk and disturbs him. And it's Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 6. He says, For behold, I'm raising up the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, that bitter and hasty nation who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. So God's reply is, all right, you know, Habakkuk, I'm doing something about your prayer, but you're not going to understand it and you're not going to like it. The Babylonians are coming and they're going to remove all of the corrupt Israelites. And Habakkuk was stunned. Because, and so he starts to question God again. And this is what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks because he says, God, I don't understand this. The Babylonians are much worse. They're an evil people. How could you use the Babylonians? In today's scripture, God responds to Habakkuk's com second complaint. And so our scripture today is Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 through 5. And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him. But the righteous shall live by his faith. Moreover, wine is a traitor, an arrogant man who is never at rest. His greed is as wide as Sheol. Like death, he is never enough. He gathers for himself all nations and collects as his own all peoples. And then uh, the remaining verses of chapter 2 pronounce woe upon the Babylonians, upon the king of Babylon. And we'll talk about that next week. But on the, on the most basic level, God's response to Habakkuk's complaint is, no, no, the, the Babylonians, they will be judged. They will be brought to destruction. Just because God is allowing the Babylonians to make war, and God will even use their evil ways to, to advance his purposes, 
That does not mean that the Babylonians are without guilt. It does not mean that the Babylonians will not fall under God's judgment. No, Babylon will one day be judged, and just as they devoured smaller nations for themselves in their own pride, they will be devoured, and they will be judged by God. But in contrast, God's people, yes, they're suffering, yes, they're being disciplined, but they will not be destroyed. In fact, they will one day be restored. And God gives this vision to Habakkuk and Israel so that they can live by faith in God's plan even as their world is falling apart. And in a similar way, our brothers and sisters in Ukraine, in the midst of death and destruction all around, can know that God's plan will prevail over Putin's plan. One day, Vladimir Putin and every despot, every leader who has has devoured and used their power unjustly, will stand before God. Unless he repents, unless any evil leader repents, God will pronounce judgment on him as he did to the king of Babylon. So uh, Habakkuk 2.16, and we'll, we'll look at this again more next week. But this is what God says to the king of Babylon. He says, you will have your fill of shame instead of glory. And so on, on, on Vladimir Putin, he says, That's Russian for, you will have your fill of shame instead of glory. The, cu the, the cup in the Lord's right hand will come around to you and utter shame will come upon your glory. So while God's answer to Habakkuk and to us and to our Ukrainian brothers and sisters, that one day justice will prevail. I mean, that is reassuring. But the problem is that this vision is of, of justice upon the Babylonians. It's in the future. As chapter 2, verse 3 says, it says, For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. So from a human perspective, this coming day of the Lord that reverses the situation where, where all injustice will be judged and, and thrown away, that's reassuring, but it seems like such a long time coming. And when you're in the moment, when you're suffering pain, and in that moment, it, it seems like, well, that's down the road. But here it reassures that God will make it happen. And nothing will slow it down once God puts it into motion. So for his part, Habakkuk is to write the vision down. So that when, when all of these things take place, the Israelites will see that God was at work. Even though the Israelites are on the run, and even though they are suffering, God is at work. But yes, first, the Babylonians, they come and they, and, they, and they punish the injustice of the Israelites. And then the Babylonians themselves, they'll be judged. And, but that's going to take decades. And so Habakkuk 
And those who hear his vision can either live by the worldly code of the Babylonians, who, who seem to have all the power. Here it says his soul is puffed up. The, the king of Babylon, his, his soul is puffed up with pride so they can follow that worldly way. Or, or they can live by faith in God and his plan. The, the righteous shall live by faith. Right? That's the call here in Habakkuk. The righteous person being the person who's made, been made right in right relationship with God. And for us, as kind of Monday morning quarterbacks, it's easier for us to, to look back to, um, and see, well, the, the Babylonians, they've, they've been thrown in a dustbin of history. Like all that Habakkuk said, like that happened to the Babylonians. And so we can look at that, and, and, but it's harder to trust when you're right in the middle of it. So God, um, and so God's plan and his purpose, they seem in the distance, especially when your pain is pressing, especially when the Babylonians are coming and taking people captive and they're destroying the temple in Jerusalem. But God's, nonetheless, God's plan, the call to Habakkuk is not to live by your circumstances, but by faith in God and his plan. And again, our Ukrainian brothers and sisters are experiencing that right now in such a high degree. And I, I read one from a, the president of a seminary in Kiev. The, he, um, he was talking about how, you know, the, the first wave of refugees was, um, you know, their, their emotional state was a little bit better the first day. But these last days, like they, it's just been crushing. But he, did, he said what, one of the things is, like, we, we start to see how some of these scriptures, like the Old Testament scriptures, how they are so relevant to our day. Um, and before, when everything was safe and, and everything was prosperous, sometimes we lose sight of that. We lose sight that, and we start to put our faith in our comfortable circumstances instead of our faith in God. But the same God who in his plan has times of abundance and security and safety, in his plan sometimes there's times of, of, um, of suffering and hardship. And we might not be able to understand, well, why this and, and why that? But we can still have faith that his plan is progressing and that, his, um, his, that we have a secure place in him. And so this, this call here in Habakkuk to live by faith when our world is falling apart, that's the, that's the application of this text. Um, and so that's the question we have. Will we order our days? Will we order our lives? Will we order our dreams according to the circumstances around us? Or will we order our lives according to God? Because that's faith. Faith is, and faith is especially tested when we're in difficult times, when our world is falling apart, when sometimes even living by faith makes things more difficult because what is faith? Faith is, is you're not going with the flow of the world. You're going with faith. And, and because of that, sometimes we're swimming upstream, and it makes things even harder, not easier. And it's those times. It's especially difficult. But God has, has given Habakkuk and his hearers a vision so that they can run the race before them in a supernatural faith and endurance to it, that assures them that they will see God's promises fulfilled. And that's why he, he told Habakkuk to 
write it down. He said, write this down so that you will be able to look back and see that God's plan and his promises were being fulfilled, even though in the moment you couldn't understand why. And so this verse, the, the righteous shall live by faith, or some of your translations, the just shall live by faith, it's really the linchpin of this whole book of Habakkuk. And that same, and, and that, that same verse, some ancient Jewish commentators said, went so far as to say, this verse sums up all of the Hebrew scriptures. And the Apostle Paul, he quotes Habakkuk 2.4, the just shall live by faith, in Romans 1 and Galatians 3, to show that faith in God's promises and work have always been what God is, is after. And, and that statement, the just shall live by faith, that was central in Martin Luther's push towards the Protestant Reformation. So this is an epic verse. It's epic and applicable. I mean, it was epic and applicable to Habakkuk. It was epic and um, applicable to the New Testament times. It's epic and applicable to today. And so let's look at a New Testament book, the New Testament book of Hebrews. They, it quotes uh, Habakkuk 2.4. In that situation there, the, the, the people who uh, the writer of Hebrews is writing to are Hebrew Christians who were suffering. They were being persecuted, and they were tempted to leave the Christian faith. And so the writer urges them to keep the faith, keep living by faith despite the circumstances because the, God's promises are being fulfilled. And that if they endure, they will see and take part in that ultimate fulfillment. So the call is to endure, continue to live by faith. So Hebrews 10, 36 says this, For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For, and then he quotes Isaiah 26, 21, Yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. Now verse 38, he quotes Habakkuk 2, 4, But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and, pers and preserve their souls. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, for by faith, the people of old received their commendation. Now, for time purposes, I'm not going to read all of chapter 11, but that's your homework Read all of chapter Hebrews 11 because it, the writer goes on through an example list of heroes from the Old Testament who lived by faith. Abel, Enoch, Abraham, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and more. And all these are examples of people who despite their difficult situations, they lived by faith by choosing to continue to follow God despite the circumstances, to follow God despite what their eyes were telling them. And in so doing, God did amazing things through them, and God even incorporated them, and, 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 they, and used them to, to continue his plan, to, to be a part of the fulfillment of his plan, even though they still didn't see the full fulfillment of all that God was doing. And that's the other point of, of, um, in Hebrews. He says, why would you shrink back in faith? Because when you look at Habakkuk and the, and, and the heroes of the faith, you have even more than them because you have Jesus Christ. You've seen how, what God has done. You've seen how God has fulfilled his word by sending Jesus to die for our sins, to be raised in newness of life so that that restoration, the last days will begin and that restoration will go worldwide. You have that. 
he says to, the, to the, um, those who are reading the book of Hebrews. He says that to us. So don't shrink back. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And because in Christ, in his work, they have God's ultimate promise, the ultimate fulfillment. And again, these, those who are reading the book of Hebrews, they have centuries of things that they can look to. Uh, they, they've seen the word that God spoke to Habakkuk be fulfilled because they don't worry about the Babylonians anymore. But sure, they, they have the Romans. They have other things. They have other afflictions. But they see that God's word will stand. And that was the message to, to the Christians and to us today, that whatever hardship is afflicting you, Whatever has got you down, whatever has got you doubting, don't live according to these visible but temporary things. Live by faith in God's promises with conviction that God's plan will prevail. Conviction, God's plan will prevail even if you don't see it, even if you do not see it in your lifetime. God's plan will prevail. And that's when it takes extra faith. That's when it takes extra trust because God's plan is so much bigger, it is eternal, that sometimes we don't see it in our lifetime. So some of those who Habakkuk was writing to, they didn't see the Babylonian empire fall, but it happened. But will we live by faith in God's promises and conviction that God's plan is going to prevail? And that plan, it's to bring all things together in Christ because Christ brought the ultimate victory over sin and death. And the amazing thing is that Christ didn't um, have that victory over sin and death by crushing his enemies, although one day every knee will bow before Christ. He did it by entering into suffering, taking on death himself. And bringing victory over sin, death, injustice. He was suffering all of those things and he brought victory through them. And that is so counter to what the world tells us is the way things go. It's so counter to how the Babylonian king worked because might makes right. That's how the world works, does it not? But that's not how God's kingdom works. And he displayed that by Jesus taking on our sins so that we would have victory over all sin and injustice. That's the gospel. The gospel is the good news that, that Jesus died for our sins and he rose from the dead in victory over sin, death, and justice. And that one day he will return and everything worldwide will be established in righteousness and justice and goodness and the glory of God. That is the gospel. And so in, in Romans 1, 16 and 17... The Apostle Paul quotes Habakkuk 2.4. Again, I said this, this verse is, is used a lot. He says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from, from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So here, the righteous live by faith in the gospel. That, that Christ died for our sins. He was raised in victory over sin and death. And we're made right with God by faith in his work and his righteousness. Not our own. Because if we were to 
from God's perspective, to see our lives, we would see, yeah, there's some good, but there is a lot of evil in each one of us. That, that same power that causes tyrants to oppress, if we were in that position, many of us would oppress because power corrupts. When, and, and that's the human condition without God is might makes right. It is I make my rules. If I can get on top, then I'm number one. That's how the world works, but that's not how Christ works. Because Christ, although he was in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be clung to. But he emptied himself and made himself nothing and gave his life on the cross so that we could have victory over all of that sin, over all of that death. And when we live by faith, we live by faith in Christ's work so that, yeah, um, I've got sin. Yeah, I don't do things right, but I don't trust in myself. I don't trust in my own ability to look at the situation. I trust in Jesus. And the songs that we sang right before this, I was like, man, uh, I didn't really talk to Chrissy, but we were on a mind meld because all of those songs were, were just hitting on these things, these, these, these concepts. It wasn't a mind meld. It was the Holy Spirit, right? It wasn't Star Trek. It was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but here's the key is that, again, the just shall live by faith. And that Jesus, he, he died for us. He redeemed us. He won the victory. And one day he will return. But God is so loving that he didn't come and fulfill all of the prophecies of the day of judgment before sending Jesus. Because if he did that, then there would be oodles and oodles of people who would be cast into outer darkness. I would be cast into outer darkness. But instead, he sends Jesus to first establish and die for sins and call to himself people of every tongue, tribe, and nation to redeem a whole host of people, not based on what we've done, but based on what he's done. But he will return one day. And that victory will be established. That eternal kingdom where all death, war, sin, and injustice will be thrown into hell. And God will reign. But even when our world is falling apart, will we live by faith, knowing that our world is falling apart, but God's, God's will, his plan is still coming together? Even if I can't see it, his plan is coming together. And so we look back to Habakkuk, and we see it. We see, wow, God's plan, it, it was really coming together, even though the people of Habakkuk's day were like, I don't know how this could work. And we look to Jesus, the pinnacle of God's plans fulfilled, and because of that, we can look forward in faith to the full and final day of the Lord. And, and then we can order our life. We can order our priorities, our hopes, our dreams by faith. By faith in what God is doing. And not according to this falling apart world. Even though that's what's most pressing. And so Habakkuk's call to us today is to live by faith. Live by faith. Don't live by what the world is, what's going on in this world. Because it is temporary and it is passing away. But God's plan endures forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that we, Lord, we, 
you've revealed your, your purposes and your plan. Lord, not every detail, but Lord, we know that you've revealed yourself. You've revealed yourself through Christ. Lord, I pray that you'd move about this sanctuary. I pray that all of those who are hurting, all of those who are falling apart because their world is falling apart, and Lord, that's not just in Ukraine, it's here. Some of us are dealing with health issues, um, family issues, financial issues, and it feels like our world is falling apart. So Lord, Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd move in this sanctuary and you would, would show each one of us, speak deep into our hearts so that we would understand God, that your plan and your purposes will not fail, that they're coming together even as our world is coming apart. And Lord, that you would cause us to, to put our faith in you and rest in you. We would rest. You would be our refuge and our strength and our hope. No matter what's going on in our world. And Lord, we thank you that one day you will bring justice and all evil will be judged. Every tyrant will stand before you. But, Lord, we say that with, with humility and awe, knowing that if we were left to ourselves, we would stand before you and be cast away. But, Lord, we are so grateful that you, you cleanse us from all sin. You fill us with unforgiveness. You change our lives. Lord, you change the world. And by that truth and by faith, we live today. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.